Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back. It's Elizabeth, and we are kind of doing a hybrid regular episode and Q&A episode. I don't know if you guys listened to episode 80. Uh, It was just a few episodes back, and it was all about magnesium and magnesium for energy, magnesium for fat loss, how much, where to get it, what about supplements, and that podcast generated a lot of questions, a lot of great questions. And so I decided to do a part two talking about the most common questions that I got about magnesium, especially related to PMS and cravings and magnesium, as well as athletic performance, and then other ways to get magnesium, specifically Epsom salts, other types of supplements other than the ones I talked about, and topical magnesium use. So if you have not listened to episode eight, I will link to it in the show notes, but definitely go back and do that. Now, if you have taken advantage of the free Primal Potential iPhone app, yep, we just launched a free app. It is available for the iPhone only right now, but the great thing about that is that it's going to aggregate all the podcasts and all the blogs in one place for you. So just search Primal Potential in the iTunes store. It is Uh, available now. We're working out some kinks and bugs with it, but that will allow you to really easily get back to a previous episode uh, instead of going through the show notes or whatever else. So if you haven't listened to episode 80, I'm going to be referring to a lot of the things we talked about in there. So I think that it would be very helpful to listen to that full episode and then come back to this one. But If you've already listened to that and you're ready to dive into this, quick recap on a couple of the things that we talked about in episode 80. We went over a few different things that magnesium helps with in the body. So it helps to generate energy, energy for metabolism and energy in the typical way that we think about it. It also controls the permeability of your mitochondria. Who cares about that? Well, energy is generated inside the mitochondria. So the healthier your mitochondria are, the more energy you can create. It also helps to manufacture dopamine, which is one of the feel-good neurotransmitters in our bodies. And so when we are deficient in magnesium, it can absolutely impact our mood. Magnesium also has a big role in the electrical signaling within your brain. So it's got a role in memory, focus, attention, Also, with detoxification, because you need magnesium to produce glutathione, and glutathione is one of the most powerful antioxidants in your body. Also, as it relates to fat loss, 
Magnesium has a major role with insulin sensitivity. Insulin is basically the hormone that is either going to allow or disallow fat burning. It either puts you in storage mode or it allows you to be in fat burning mode. And magnesium is required to turn on and off the enzymes for the receptors to insulin. So for your cells to respond to insulin so that you can get back to fat burning mode, you need adequate magnesium. You also need magnesium for protein synthesis, hormone production, and we're going to be talking more about hormone production today, cortisol metabolism. Cortisol, remember, is your stress hormone, one of your stress hormones, and also blood clotting. And there are a lot of different factors that deplete magnesium, that use it up or accelerate your excretion of magnesium. So if you have any of these factors routinely in your life, your needs for magnesium are higher. Things like stress, chronic stress, underactive thyroid, alcohol consumption, lots of sugar or processed foods in your diet, caffeine, or a high calcium diet is going to increase your needs for magnesium. And I wanna just review really quickly some of the symptoms of deficiency so you kinda can get a little bit of a sense of if this is an issue for you. Muscle cramps, restless leg, constipation, anxiety, trouble sleeping, weight gain, low energy, poor muscle recovery. And, you know, I I read somewhere, anything that's tight, irritable, or crampy, (laughs) any part of the body or even just your mood can be indicative of a magnesium deficiency. And we explained why that is in episode 80. So again, if you're just joining us and you haven't heard episode 80, I think that's a good one to go back to before we move forward. So the questions that I got in response to episode 80 related to supplemental magnesium, different pills, capsules, tablets, lotions and topical magnesium, Epsom salts, all of those sorts of things. And I just want to say first and foremost, again, I chose to focus on food. That is my MO. I have history in the supplement world. There's good and there's bad with supplements. But our body wasn't made for pills and lotions and potions. Our body was made for food. We have this incredibly complex machinery in our body intended to extract nutrients from food. So our body knows how to do that. So my first, 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 and most important response is always going to be food. Food first, food second, food third, eat well, choose good foods. Supplements can be hit or miss. There's a lot of really low quality supplements out there on the market. And for the general consumer, it can be tough to know what's good and what's a total waste of your money or what might potentially hurt you more than help you. And I will say also, especially as it relates to magnesium, If you have heart disease or if you have kidney disease, do not mess around with magnesium supplements unless you are under the supervision of your doctor. Everybody with me there? In general, when you supplement, there are so many factors to what makes a quality supplement. So for the average Joe, I would love it if you feel like you're magnesium deficient, if you really focused first and foremost on getting it from food. It was amazing to me how much I talked about food in the last episode and how almost all the questions were about supplements. And I get it. We want what's easy, but I want for you what is best. Okay, and sometimes what is best isn't the easiest answer, um, but it doesn't mean it's not the answer. 
So I want to dive into the questions that I got related to supplements, related to athletes, related to PMS, and then um, some things other than supplements like topicals and Epsom salts. One of the questions that I got, it was such a good one. In fact, when it came up, I was like, oh, damn, I totally should have included that in the episode. But now I have a reason to do another one, so it's all good. Magnesium and PMS and the menstrual cycle. So we talked in episode 80 about how magnesium has a huge role on hormone production, including estrogen. So naturally, as women, no matter where we are, we have shifts in our estrogen production throughout the month. Magnesium deficiency can trigger PMS symptoms, no doubt about it. And if you're a dude listening to this right now, hang tight because A, you're about to understand why your woman craves chocolate, and B, we're going to talk about some gender neutral things in a couple of minutes. But honestly, I think understanding what makes a lady a little bit less stable at certain times of the month is totally gender neutral. Men should understand this too. But even if you're like, I don't care, uh, we're going to get to sports performance and physical fitness and Epsom salts and topicals and stuff like that in a couple minutes, so hang tight. But anyway, magnesium deficiency can trigger PMS symptoms, and here's why. Estrogen is going to accelerate the use of magnesium. It's going to accelerate your body's uptake, uh, absorption and utilization of magnesium. So when estrogen is high, magnesium gets used up faster. Your needs for magnesium are greater when estrogen is elevated. So this could be a situation that's chronic for you, like estrogen dominance, which a lot of overweight women or women with PCOS struggle with, but also just at certain times in your menstrual cycle, like the second half of your cycle when estrogen is higher, okay? This is one of the reasons that many women crave chocolate late in their cycle. What's the reason? Well, estrogen is higher in the second half of the cycle. Now, for those of you who aren't crazy charters like I am, um, God bless you, your life must be much more peaceful. But the second half of your cycle, if you're not sure, is the time between ovulation and the first day of your period. So that's usually, you know, like days 14 to 28 or whatever else. Uh, Ovulation occurs at the midpoint of your cycle. The first day of your period marks day one. So that premenstrual part of the cycle, cravings for chocolate. Well, why chocolate? Because like we talked about in episode 80, what's a great source of magnesium? Dark chocolate. Your body is a brilliant, brilliant machine. So this accelerated use of magnesium when estrogen is higher is also the reason that many women get headaches or migraines at this point in their cycle. You absolutely have to focus on getting enough magnesium if you want to gain control over these very uncomfortable symptoms. Also, cramping, right? Cramping has a lot to do with magnesium. And so when we have magnesium, enough magnesium, less cramping. Now, this isn't a bad thing. I want to be really clear about this. This idea that we use up more magnesium at certain points in our cycle when estrogen is higher, estrogen supports the absorption and utilization of magnesium. That's a good thing, right? When estrogen is low, absorption and utilization of magnesium is lower. This is one of the reasons, hang with me now, this is one of the reasons that women are less likely to suffer from heart disease or osteoporosis when they're younger, but when they're older, 
they are more likely to suffer from heart disease and osteoporosis because magnesium has a major role in both heart health and bone health. And as estrogen levels drop with age, especially post-menopause, we have less of an ability to absorb and utilize magnesium and our heart health and our bone health can suffer. Also, magnesium has a big role on uh, absorption and utilization of calcium, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K. So it impacts immunity, eye health, blood clotting, all things that are um, kind of essential, kind of essential. All right, let's switch gears and talk about magnesium and athletic performance. Now, if you're listening and you're thinking, I don't work out, you might. When I was 350 pounds, I didn't, but now I do. And so this information can be very valuable to you, whether it's a workout for you to go for a walk or you're hitting the gym several times a week. So in episode 80, we talked about how magnesium is beyond mandatory for energy production. The energy currency within your body is ATP, adenosine triphosphate. That is the main source of energy in your body. It's what everything in your body uses, just like money is the currency that we use to buy and sell things. ATP is the energy currency within your body. Now, in order for ATP to be active, to be able to do anything, it has to be bound to magnesium. That is why ATP is often called MAG-ATP, M-G-ATP, right? If you're reading science textbooks and things like that, that geeks like me do. So obviously, athletes are going to need that process, energy production, to be efficient in order to maximize their performance, right? But it goes beyond that because when you sweat you lose magnesium. Exercise has been shown also, obviously it can make you sweat and so you lose magnesium and you have this need for energy production to be efficient, but exercise also increases your urinary excretion of magnesium. So magnesium is gonna be super important for athletes. They're gonna need more of it. And here's another reason why. We talked in episode 80 about how magnesium is part of what uh, regulates your heart rhythm. And when we see athletes suddenly drop dead of a heart attack, especially like shortly after or during their workout, magnesium has a role there. Magnesium is literally critical. When we look at athletes, magnesium is going to generate energy. It's going to maintain your heart rhythm. It's going to support nerve conductivity and oxygenation of your blood. And we know from episode 80 that it supports the metabolism and excretion of cortisol, a stress hormone. And remember that exercise does generate stress within your body. So for the athlete, that cortisol uh, metabolism component of magnesium is going to be very important for controlling inflammation. All right. Athletes are going to use up more magnesium than non-athletes. Why? Because number one, they're using more energy. Number two, they're excreting more through their urine and their sweat. And again, my first line of defense is food. However, athletes might really benefit more from supplementation or from topicals than the average Joe only because their needs are higher. They need more magnesium because of their activity level. So this brought up a question about topical magnesium products. These are creams or oils that are infused with magnesium that you rub into your skin, okay? These are 
They can be good for athletes, but just like supplements, and they could be good for anybody, but just like supplements, there can be high quality or low quality. So you really want to make sure and trust that you are getting a high quality product. Now, I am going to link to the brand of magnesium topicals that I know and trust. I'm not affiliated with them. I don't make the product. I don't make money if you get the product, nothing like that. But I do feel comfortable recommending the product. But again, if you have kidney issues or heart issues, don't mess around with this stuff unless you have a licensed medical professional overseeing you. That's really, really important. And I can't, I'm I'm not big on disclaimers, but that's a very, very important one because magnesium is nothing to play around with. Now, if you go the topical route, number one, choose a quality product. A low quality product could be just a waste of your money because it might not be a bioavailable form of magnesium, but a low quality product could also have toxins and heavy metals in there, so you could be doing more harm than good. Now, assuming you have a high quality product, you just want to put on the magnesium cream or oil after your workout, but do so before icing or heating. You want the first stimulus to the muscle to be the magnesium, all right? So don't ice first and then magnesium. Don't heat first and then always the magnesium first. Let your body be your guide here. Your body will tell you if the topicals work for you or they don't, okay? I would always say first line of defense is food. Make sure you're choosing high quality. I will link to my favorites in the show notes. Now, the next question was about Epsom salts. Epsom salts are magnesium sulfate, right? They are magnesium sulfate. So they're a great way to get magnesium. Are they a better way than food? What do you think I'm going to say here? No, food first, food second, food third, okay? But magnesium uh, via Epsom salts can be really good, especially for people with joint pain or muscle soreness or muscle stiffness or cramping, right? Because if you just think about it from a surface area perspective, it's getting to your muscle tissue faster than if you were to, say, take an oral supplement. Food is always going to be my first recommendation, but Epsom salts can be good. Basically, you take one cup of Epsom salts, you dissolve it in the bath, you can go up to two cups, and then soak in the bath for 20 to 30 minutes. You can do just your feet or you can do the whole thing. A lot of people really notice the relaxation benefits of this. And again, this is a big part uh, because of the way magnesium helps to metabolize the stress hormone cortisol, but also because of the way that it helps generate dopamine, that feel-good neurotransmitter. But with Epsom salts, just like with supplements, just like with topicals, there can be high quality and low quality. So again, I will link to my favorites in the show notes. There were some questions about types of supplementation. And as I said in episode 80, but I'm happy to repeat it again, I recommend personally, and I am not a medical doctor, but just coming from my own experience with my body and in the supplement world, Avoid the eight forms and the eyed forms. I'm sorry. Avoid specific eight forms and definitely stay away from magnesium oxide. Magnesium oxide can really upset your stomach a lot. And I would stay away from 
magnesium carbonate, sulfate, gluconate, those are going to be the least well absorbed. They're also the cheapest and the most common. So you see them in a lot of supplement forms because they're very, very, very inexpensive, but they're also lower quality. So magnesium gluconate, magnesium threonate are going to be uh, my top recommendations. And I will link to those in the show notes. And then magnesium taurate, which is a combination of magnesium and taurine, for relaxation. Lots of questions about magnesium oxide. Not the ideal form to take for a couple of reasons. Stomach irritation, a lot of people experiencing diarrhea or just general stomach discomfort, and it's not very bioavailable. So I really hope this episode was helpful for you. If you have more questions, what I'll probably do is a follow-up blog post, so make sure to let me know. You guys know that the best way to get in touch with me is by getting on the VIP email list. Uh, I think that it's just a good thing to be on anyway because I send out recipes and workout ideas and my favorite books that keep me motivated and inspired, as well as just nutrition tips and things like that. But more importantly for you, it gives you immediate access to my inbox. If you're one of the people that have emailed me, you know I take responding very seriously. I do want to help and serve in any way and every way that I possibly can. So head over to Primal Potential to check out these links on this particular show notes page for this episode, uh, but also to get on that VIP email list. Let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Switching it up again, I did not start my day with Bulletproof Coffee. I just had coffee with almond milk. I think in one of the previous episodes, I explained why I choose almond milk instead of cow's milk. Um, Later in the morning, I had some salted almonds because I was in the car and I didn't have anything else with me. And I think almonds are super yummy. I just can't buy them in mass because I will eat them in mass. Um... For lunch, I had a really big salad. My day was a little off because I ended up working out mid-afternoon. I prefer to work out in the morning, but I ended up having a big salad with spinach, arugula, tomato, cucumber, celery, green peppers, red cabbage, um, and a couple of hard-boiled eggs. And then um, my workout was midday. So after my workout, I had an early dinner, which meant bedtime early because I got hungry. And instead of eating something, I just put myself to bed. But dinner was two salmon cakes. And I made the salmon cakes with canned salmon, one egg, salt, pepper, about a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, a clove of garlic, and about a tablespoon and a half of coconut flour. And I had that alongside three cups of Brussels sprouts because they are my favorite and I would eat 12 cups and I would just sit there all day munching on them and being quite happy. So anyway, that was my day. I hope this episode was helpful. When you experience those dark chocolate cravings, ladies, you know what it is. Get some magnesium and it is not an excuse to have a Hershey bar. Milk chocolate is not a good source of magnesium. So if you're going to do it, keep it moderate and go with the dark chocolate. Better yet, just add some magnesium to your diet more consistently so that you don't have to battle those cravings. So we will be back in a couple days with another episode. Get on that VIP email list so we can chat. Talk to you soon. Have a great day.